Let's do it. Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alzan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between the two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go ahead and give us a call? Of course, that is area code 225. You happen to be outside of our direct calling area. That's right. Go ahead and give us a call. and be glad to try to help you out and point you in the right direction. Try and encourage some of our podcast listeners maybe to call in. That'd be great. Hear yeah, from somebody know. out of town. That's right. Let maybe us know different where little problems or something. Let us know where you're calling from. Yeah, and I'm pretty darn sure cars break the same way. Uh, <laughs> you would think, yeah. I've been all over the world, I believe me. For what I can see, they all break about the same way. <laughs> a few little twists in there. Yeah, you don't see a whole lot of cars freezing to death here in South Louisiana. That's it. A few conditions are different. Probably don't see quite as many balling over in Anchorage, Alaska. but They still break. Yeah, they break. <laughs> Give us calls. We'd love to hear from you. And in case you don't get a chance to call in, something occurred to you after the show goes off the air. Or maybe during the week next That's week. That's right. You need a question answered, you can always visit our website, get your questions answered there. The address is www.agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O. Easy way to remember that's Altazan's Garage Company. There's a contact bar on every page. You can send Lewis an email any time of the day or night. Just use the form that's on the website. Don't use an old one that maybe you saved. Use the new one, and he'll get your questions back to you in 24 hours. Haven't heard anything in 24 hours. Recheck your return address because one little character off will come bounce right back to us, and then there's no way to, to get your question back to you. Right. I had one earlier this week. I sent the reply to it. It popped right back to me, and I looked at it, and I forgot the service provider that he had, but instead of, like, att.net, he had put att.com. That would do it. Well, it just bounced right back. Well, that was pretty easy to figure out, so I just resent it with the proper thing, and I think he got it. But if something else is wrong in there, I mean, there are just thousands, if not oh, yeah. millions of combinations one, of... One little character, yeah, and it's, it's over. That's right. So just have to be kind of careful that you do get the right one in there. If you hadn't heard from me in 24 hours, just go ahead and resend it because I never, ever, ever just ignore an email. I always respond to every single one that I get. So if you hadn't got an answer, something's gone wrong. That's right. There's also some searches you can do on the site depending on what kind of information you're that's looking right. for. If you want a kind of a short to the point answer to a particular question, those are the vehicle questions, and that will take care of that little thing. But should you want more information on a certain topic, you can go to the detailed topics. And there was one on this morning come on that was about leasing a leasing car. Leasing a car, correct. I've had a lot of lot of folks ask me about leasing, car leasing, and it's awful hard to find unbiased information on that topic. Right. Because when you go on the Internet and you type in car lease, what you're going to get is about 75 pages on Google of folks who, who pay lease cars. That. That's right. <laughs> pay for that information. That's right. The leasing companies. Now, of course, they can tell you it's the greatest thing in the world. Now, after you wade through about 75 pages of garbage, then you'll start to get to the guys who really have no reason to tell you one way or the other who are trying to tell you straight. Correct. Guys like Dave Ramsey, who calls it a fleece. Yeah. You know, That's and, pretty much. Yeah, if you really look at a lease, what's happening there, basically the only purported advantage I can see to a lease is that it lets a person buy a car that they really probably shouldn't buy anyway. It's a car Uh they really can't afford, and it just gets the payments down. But it gets the payments down at the expense of you giving away all the equity that you're paying for in the car. when the lease is over, it's Still belongs to the lease That's company. Right. Give me the car back. That's right. <laughs> and, and if put, anything's um, wrong with it, oh yeah, you can, you pay can for fix that. it. Well, not only that, but if you put excess number of miles over and above what they allow you, then you have to pay for that. Right. And on and on and on. Probably one of the worst things, and there were several accounts of folks who had gone through leases. Like I so said, you got to go way deep in Google to find this. But right. 
say a guy leased a car and two years later his wife has a child and the car is now too small they don't need the car any longer so right. what <laughs> yeah. pay me <laughs> yeah exactly he had to honor the lease now if he owned the car he could have sold the car and at least got most or if not all of his money back and then moved on to something that he could use another right. case is where people are leased a car they thought was gonna be really really cool and it just didn't like it you find out yeah. things well you know this thing then burns premium fuel <laughs> then they're, then they're stuck with it yeah that's it that is a binding contract you're not getting out right. of right Another kind of a weird thing on a lease is if you, you rent, if you rent a car, (laughs) because that's what you're doing basically, renting a car. But if you lease a car and then it's involved in an accident and let's say it's declared a total loss, the insurance company is going to step in and they are going to pay the market value of the car. Let's say you just leased a car that the lease was for $40,000. Okay. You wreck it a year later. Well, the car is worth twenty five. That's what the insurance company is paying off. And that's now, all Now, you still off. owe 35 to the lease company. Right. So they make you, in many cases, buy an additional insurance called gap insurance. Right. That's come on in the last several years. Well, it's just kind of God's way of telling you, you're in over your head. <laughs> <laughs> I got to buy an insurance policy to cover the fact the car ain't worth near what I owe on it. Right. But it's just lots and lots and lots to it. So something you want to really look into, and like I say, good article. Everybody can understand. It's not a lot of legal mumbo jumbo or financial data in there. It just tells you a different side of the story. That's right. And the, your best deal is to be armed with all the, inf- the good information you can get. Well, that's right. Before you make this purchase, well, read it all, and if you decide, hey, this is for me anyway, well, great, go ahead great. and do it. But, but then at least you know you, the odds yeah. of what may happen yes, later. Some things you might not have thought of. Right. So. Lots of good information on there. Pop on there, see what you think. It's www.agcoauto. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. I think you'll really like it. And we're going on our phone lines. Ron, good morning, Ron. Good morning. I have a 07 heavy-duty Silverado. Okay. Air conditioner, dual control. Uh-huh. One side is hot and one side is cold. Yeah, yep. exactly. Left, side, <laughs> left side's hot and right side's cold. You got it. <laughs> That's a part called a temperature actuator. And if you know what you're doing and you got the right tools to do it, it's about a one-hour job. If you don't know what you're doing and you don't have the right tools to do it, it's about three weeks' job. <laughs> now, the, the labor's not much to have it done. We charge dollars an hour to do it. The part is obscenely expensive, in my opinion, 265 yeah. bucks. But that's just because... Chevrolet's got it, and you need it, and that's what it's going to be. I think Justin had to change three of them the other day on one vehicle. Yeah, it's got four of them in there. They're all going to go out. The left one usually goes out first for whatever reason, then the right one will go out. Then there's one called a mode actuator, which the labor's higher, but the part's cheaper. And there's a fourth one called a recirc actuator, which is an inexpensive part, but a lot of labor because you got to take half the dash out to get to it. Now, they don't go out very much because they don't move as much, but that's what it is. There's a there was a recall on the blower motor, but I, yeah, blower, does not cover this. Right, <laughs> had nothing to do with this. Right, no sir, no sir, no sir. That's where the blower motor burns up the pigtail, and the reason it burns up the pigtail is because the motor's pulling too much amperage, and what they do is they just stick another pigtail on. So here, have a nice day, and that's it, gonna get it, you out the recall. Right, it gets you out the warranty too until it burns up again. One thing I've noticed, I can run the temperature all the way up to ninety, yep. and then back down. Now that'll cause it to do it usually. And it'll start working. Yeah, all you do is you see it works on what they call counts. And it's voltage from a potentiometer inside the actuator. And it has to know the range of voltage. So every time you start the car, what it does, it goes from one end of the range to the other end of the range. It measures the voltage and it divides it by 256. It says, okay, we've got 256 counts here. 128 is the middle. So that's how it knows where the door's at. 
Now, when you run it all the way to one extreme or the other, if you disconnect the battery or all kinds of situations, it's going to interfere with all that. and It's going to go back, try to do it again. Sometimes it'll work. What it's going to do, Ron, is it's on the very hottest day of August. <laughs> it's going to stick all the way on hot, and you ain't going to be able to get it out, and you ain't going to be able to stay in the truck. I got you. So does your wife ever drive that truck? No, sir. Oh, you lucky. Yeah, man. I was going to say. I was going to say, it's a lot, lot cheaper than a divorce, you know, <laughs> which is going to be the other option if you don't fix it. <laughs> so, I actually say it's about an hour, just making the pump. Yeah, it's the actual time in the shop would be a little bit longer than an hour. It's an hour working time. So figure on maybe drop it off in the morning, pick it up before noon for sure. Right. And at the same time, I can check the counts on the other motors and tell you if any of them are fixing to go out. Sometimes it's, it's easy to just go ahead and change two on both sides. But, again, if the other one's doing fine, I'd leave it alone until it breaks. All right. Well, I appreciate it. All right, Ron. All right, sir. Thank you, man. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. All right. If you want to be part of the automotive, I would love to have you. And we got Carlos online. Good morning, Carlos. Lewis. Yes, sir. Carlos. Hey, man. Good morning. Look. Not the Carlos. Yes, the only one you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the restaurant king? The king of Mexican food. That's, there you go. That's for sure. Or, Cajun well, Mexican. Cajun Mexican. That's right. You do a, a lot of people think that Carlos's restaurant is just Mexican food, but it really is different from that. Because Miss Jean is Cajun, of course you Mexican, so between the two of y'all, y'all have put together crawfish enchiladas and crab meat chimichangas and who knows what else. Yeah. Well, I'm converted to uh, Cajun. I'm I'm Cajun now. Well yeah, you've been here long <laughs> enough now. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's yeah. right. I need to ask you a question. Go ahead. On my wife's car, she says I don't want to drive my car because I don't want to put no miles on it. Uh huh. It's a Lexus. Yeah. And she got 31,000. I got Honda, got and I got 80, close, close to 90, 000. yeah. I got 82,000. And she says she don't want to put no miles Well, that's, that's exactly the wrong thinking. And I'm going to have to talk. I'm coming out there to eat tonight. You got me in the mood for some of your food now. But I'm going to talk to her when I get there tonight. The worst thing you can do for a car is not drive it. It's kind of like a guy told me, I was talking to an insurance guy. He said the number one killer of retired people is retirement. They go home, they sit down, they don't do anything, they die. So, same thing with a car. It needs to be driven. It loves to be driven. It loves long trips. Now, little short trips are kind of hard on it, but it loves to be driven. So, tell her she needs to get in that car and drive it because that's what it's made to do. And it's going to last forever if she drives it. If she lets it sit, she's going to start having trouble. Sound like you fixed to get set up for a long uh, vacation. And you should be sure to tell her that she don't don't believe me. Well, I'm going to tell her. I'm going to tell you because I'm coming out there at night. <laughs> okay, Louis. Hi, Carlos. Thank All you, right, man. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Of course, as Carlos reopened, he had retired for a while. Then, right. But now right. he's got his restaurant reopened. Same, same place. place. Yep. yep. Right, right there on Ted Circle Bowl. Yeah, by the Circle Bowl, Airline and Florida Boulevard. Right. Uh, not on the corner, but kind of off. If you ever want just some of the best food you ever had in your oh, life. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, that's good. where you go. I guess the little bit he was retired there, I guess, what, for about a year or so? I guess. He got bored. He had to go back. I knew, I knew he wasn't going <laughs> to retire. But... Man, you go in there now, that place is packed. Yeah, that's great. So I always get there early. <laughs> I get there about 5 o'clock, 5.30. You, yeah, know? You, you go for the, uh, the the matinee. There you go. <laughs> That'll work. With some real good chow. Hey, let's go back to our phone lines. we got Arthur online. Good morning, Arthur. 209 Chevrolet Silverado pickup truck. All right, sir. Puppy crawled up underneath it, chewed off one of the oxygen sensors. Uh-huh. And also a hose, plastic hose with a breather on the end, and I can't figure out where the All end right. of that hose goes. That would probably be the EVAP yeah. vent. Yeah, it goes back to the gas goes tank. Back to yeah, the fuel I, tra- tank. I traced it all the way back to the gas tank. Yeah, yeah. it's got a That's the vent. EVAP solenoid, and that solenoid takes air in when the purge valve opens and sucks the fumes out of the tank. 
Now, extremely, extremely important to get that back on there and get it on there correctly because correct right place. now you're sucking dirt and water and rain and everything else. You can knock out that EVAP valve real fast. They got a huge failure rate on those anyway. They go out all the time even when they're working right. Okay. So what's going to happen, you check engine light, it's going to pop on eventually. That's not going to pop on right now. It's kind of like taking the air filter off. It's not going to set any kind of codes right away, but after you suck dirt and insects and everything else in the engine, then you got problems. So, yeah, that's the filter for the system. And I, there's actually an updated part for that with a longer hose that relocates that thing. Now, on 09, it might have the updated part already. You still got all the stuff. You could probably just hook it back up. I hooked it all back up, and my engine light stayed on. The O2 light, probably the well, O2 code. you replaced the O2 sensor? Yes, I did, with an exact Delco part. Yeah, you just have to check the code and see what's yeah. in there. It could have caused other problems. When you chew a oxygen sensor up and those two wires touch each other, it can even knock out the computer. I'm hoping that ain't what it is, but that can happen. Okay. Another possibility is some dirt got in there and knocked out that EVAP valve. Like I said, they're bad about going out anyway, and it wouldn't have took a whole lot to knock it out. Maybe a piece of plastic got sucked up in there when he was chewing on it. Okay. But you bring it by the shop, we could run the code and tell you what it is. If something is still in there because it would it would have cleared out by now had it all repaired. Okay. All righty. Appreciate it. Thank okay, you. Arthur. Thank you, man. Bye-bye. All right, we're going to take a quick little break, but we will be right back with more on the Automotive Hour. Hi, Ryan Sebring here, and welcome to Echo's Automotive Idol, where singing cars compete for your votes. Here's King Cab. My owner took me to Agaco for losing my cool. Trust those ace technicians cause she ain't no fool Well I fixed my radiator and everything Now I'm rolling down the highway like I'm a king Adco rocks and Adco rolls Adco is the place to go Adco rocks, Adco rolls Adco is the place to go Whoa, rock on King Cap and visit AgcoAuto.com. That's A-G-C-O-Auto.com. To hear entire songs performed by all our contestants, then vote on your favorite. And remember, for vehicles fixed right the first time for the overall lowest cost, Agco is the place to go. Hey, welcome back. If you just join us, the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alvazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go give us a call? It's code 225, and of course, this is a perfect time to give us a call because we've got all our lines wide open. That's right. It never fails, though. <laughs> Come 1050, lines light up, and uh, yeah. all the lines... Yeah, that's unfortunate. Now, I guess just human nature being what it is, maybe you listen and something kind of hits your hot button and spurs a question or whatever, right. and you call in towards the end of the show, but then I really have to give you kind of a rush to answer because I'm out of time. So, you know, call in now. It's perfect time. have got plenty of time left and get you a thorough answer to your question. Yep. Not only that, but it'll make the show a whole lot more interesting to all those people who have to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> you and I are sitting here babbling back and forth to each other. <laughs> yeah, kidding. That last call, he was talking about the – puppy that ate the wires off his oxygen sensor and that must happen a fair amount because i know we've had a couple of cars come in with that and very similar type problems where either a pet or more so varmints or rodents or whatever mice and squirrels are probably the leading correct culprits 
they, they like to crawl up in there because it's warm and it's dark and it's safe. Right. And, and especially if a vehicle doesn't move much. Vehicle sits a lot. Boy, they will nest in there, and whatever is around is they gonna what's going to be it. in the nest. That's right. They're going to chew on it. And they love chewing vinyl for some reason. They chew the vinyl off all those wires. That's right. And very, very, very often we'll have a car that sits up. And I'm not talking about necessarily stored vehicle, but no. a car that sits for maybe Couple three or weeks. four days or even, even a, a week. week. And you go to start it, either it doesn't start or it's missing when it starts or check engine lights on. on. Can't imagine what happened. They'll bring them in. And, of course, you see little droppings all over. You can tell what's been in there, maybe a little feet print. And That's it. A, a car that sits at a lot is going to have a dust layer on it. Right. And you can see where those little suckers travel everywhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're in everything, all over everything. Yeah, and, I mean, they can do a inordinate amount of damage they chewing can. wires. I know we had a lady with a Ford Explorer, and they chewed some wires underneath the intake manifold because – on the Explorer, the intake kind of rises up over the heads. And there's a valley down in there, and they run some wiring through there. Well, they crawled down there and chewed the wires. We had to pull the intake off of it, right? which is a pretty sizable job. We were able to repair the wires, thank goodness, but it can get to be oh, a yeah, pretty expensive, expensive thing. So if you have a car that you do have to store, that you don't drive much, kind of a tip, you can get a sock or something like that, some kind of a cloth bag, put a few mothballs in it, and scatter them under the hood of the car somewhere. Just put them where they won't get around the exhaust or anything where they catch on fire, but Put them under the car, and that's going to keep those varmints out. They don't like that smell at all. Right. They hate that mothball smell. I guess naphthalene, so <laughs> you probably won't like it much either. <laughs> yeah. But that will keep them out. And suggest you might want to use a bright colored sock. That way you can always find it again when you're ready to take it out of there. That's it. So if you got some old good Go in the drawer, take your old man's socks, and <laughs> put some mothballs in them, throw them. Yeah. That'll keep them out. And... Want to know where his Saturday night socks went yeah, to? Yeah, where my Saturday night socks? My orange ones. I'll get <laughs> Kids got them up under a hood of a hot rod, you know? <laughs> Let's go back to our phone. Ricky, good morning, Ricky. Good morning. I have a 2010 GMC Sierra. All right, sir. I pull a camper trailer with. Okay, sir. And I'm curious to know how often should I change the transmission fluid? How big a trailer are you pulling, Ricky? It's a 28-footer. What does it weigh? 6,000. Okay, and it's a half-ton truck? Right. Man, you are right, right, right at the limit of what that truck is going to pull. And I know that the salesman told you it'll pull it easy and all that, but that is right at the capacity of what that truck can haul. If that was me, I would not go more than 30,000 miles on in my wildest dreams without servicing it. And you need to be putting the Dexron 6 back in there, which is a synthetic fluid, which is what it came with. But right. I would not go any more than that. Is that the four-speed or is that six-speed? you know, six-speed. Six-speed. Six yeah, that one hasn't been out long enough to know how tough it is. I know on the 4L60E. Which uh, is the four-speed. The four-speed. Those transmissions didn't like that kind of weight at all. It would kick a transmission out pretty fast. This new transmission hadn't been out very long, so we just don't know yet. But I can tell you that is an extremely, extremely expensive transmission to repair if it goes out. So I think you got a 100,000-mile warranty on it, which is great. But when it goes out, you're probably looking in a neighborhood of six grand to rebuild that transmission. So the only thing you can do to protect it is keep it serviced. And I'd be right. doing that about every 30,000 miles, and you do not want a flush. Do not let anybody flush it. You want a pan drop, complete and proper service on it. Right. Uh, what's, what's the normal temperature should... At one time, I was 175 the, is normal. 175? Yes, sir. I think it got up to like 195 on yeah. one time. And I you was see, when, yeah, mm -hmm. you're at the limit of what that thing's right. going to pull. And like I said, I know what GM says, oh, man, it'll pull it. But 
Well, you start kicking it to 195. I think I read somewhere for every 10 degrees that the transmission temperature goes up, you half the life of the fluid. Right. So you need to be servicing that real, real regular, right. Ricky, because you got a very expensive unit there, and you're pretty much at the limit of what it's going to haul. I would also be very careful to service the rear end on that vehicle on a regular basis, the rear differential. Okay, we'll do that then. All righty. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. If you want to be part of the automotive hour, we would love to have you. And we've got Herb online. Good morning, Herb. Good morning. Yes, sir. I wanted to ask you kind of a generic question. You All know right. when you're pouring down rain, you got your air conditioner on, your clutch cycles real often on your air conditioner? Okay. Is that, is that hard on that thing yeah the reason that it's probably cycling when it's raining because rain has nothing to do with it other than the fact that it's generally cooler when it's raining so it's not as much load so it cycles on cycles off cycles on cycles off the way those units work herb is they work off the low side pressure in the system when the low side pressure drops below 28 pounds it cuts the clutch off and lets it come back up because when it's below 28 it'll start freezing and if the outside load is not as heavy, it's going to cycle more. The more modern systems don't really do that. Most of the modern systems now use a variable displacement compressor, and they don't cycle at all. It just cuts the displacement of the compressor back, and they run all the time. But, yeah, to answer your question, that is hard on the system. Now, if it's excessively cycling, you might want to make sure it's fully charged. If you've got a small leak and it gets a little bit low, they're going to cycle a lot more because that pressure is already low, and when it drops a little lower, it's going to, make that thing cycle but it'll burn a clutch up pretty fast okay well, i was just curious i didn't realize the newer ones done like you say they do yeah some of them actually don't have a clutch on them they hadn't gone that on many of them but they talk about they're talking about doing eliminate the clutch completely it just has a pulley on the front of the compressor and it's got a shear pin in, in case the compressor locks up it'll shear that pin but it doesn't even have a clutch on it it varies the displacement of the compressor to control the load of the system and the advantage to that is that you're not having to turn a compressor all the time. The shaft is spinning, but the pistons aren't moving to any degree, so or the scroll's not moving, so it cuts the load on the engine, gives you better gas mileage. That's the reason they're going to it. But it involves quite a bit more complexity, and when it does break, look out. <laughs> yeah, kind of like that old, long GMC compressor a long time ago. It had a POA or something other. Yeah, OA6. That had six little pistons in there with a yeah. wobble plate. This is similar to that, except the wobble plate in this one is actually variable. It can The GM unit is actually all mechanical. Some of them are electronic, but that one's all mechanical. It senses the low side pressure, moves a piston in there. It actually changes the angle of that wobble plate, and it can go from almost zero displacement to full displacement depending on low side pressure. Okay, well, I thank you for the information. All right, sir. Thank you. Right, right. Bye-bye. Hi, part of the automotive hour. We'd love to have you. And we got David online. Good morning, David. Good morning. How yes, y'all sir. Doing, doing morning. great, sir. All fantastic. I love to listen to y'all when I occasionally work on a Saturday. Okay. I have a question. One of your callers brought up a reason for me to call. Okay. I've got a 2006 Nissan Sentra. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love it. Okay. I've got 72,400 miles on it. Okay. Is it time for me to change the transmission fluid? Probably wouldn't hurt anything at all on that thing, David. I like to change it around 50,000 on them. Okay. And I know some of the manufacturers will give you up to 100 and. Yeah, you can go 100 if you want to throw the car away after that. Transmission yeah. service is generally pretty inexpensive relative to the price of a transmission. It can't prevent every single problem. In other words, if a solenoid burns out, it's going to burn out whether you service it or not. And right. if the yeah, physically breaks, it's going to break whether or not. But it can eliminate all the lubrication-related problems and all the clutch problems and the pressure-related problems. Yeah, I'm trying so, to keep this thing for the long haul. I yeah. change my oil every 3,000 well, uh, miles. 
and try to keep everything you know, exactly like it should be so yes, I can sir. get the most out of it. Yes, sir. And that like y'all say, it's a lot cheaper to maintain it than well, to buy a new one every four that, or five years. That's exactly right. I've got a customer of mine who's a surgeon, and we were talking about heart problems and heart disease and heart surgery. So, you know, it's a lot cheaper to stay off that table than it is to get off that table. Um, I know that the transmission flushes can cause a whole host of problems. Well, uh, they're ineffective for one thing. What a flush does or endeavors to do is they take the two cooler lines off. They run clean fluid through a dirty transmission. And the reason they do that is because it takes a very low-skilled individual. You don't have to stock any filters, and there's low risk involved. Now, what's happening is that the motor's running while you're doing it, so it's drawing the fluid into the filter. So any debris that you stir up is going right into the filter. So you may further restrict your filter. You're not going to clean the filter, and you're really not doing any good because the fluid is not so much the problem as the filter. The filter restricting is the problem. When you change half the fluid, you've replenished the additives in it, and you're good to go. Because some folks will say, well, you know, if I drank, drop the pan, I'm only changing half the fluid. Well, that's true. But when you change half the fluid, you've replenished all the additives, which is the problem. The petroleum itself is not going to break down. You put a new filter so you're good to go. And if you want to change more of the fluid, you can always drain and fill it twice. You know, that's an option also. But the flush is going to do, in my opinion, absolutely no good, can cause harm. We've had cars that were flushed a week prior to coming in the shop. They broke down the following week. We dropped the pan, cut the filter open, it's full of metal. So the flush did absolutely no good. Oh, man. Let me ask you this. I know that y'all require an appointment in advance. Yes, sir. Um, well, not necessarily. If you've got plenty of time, you can just drop it off. They'll work it in, but I just can't ever guarantee you when that's going to happen. Sometimes get it back right. to the same day. It may be there for a day or so. But if you're not in a big rush to get the car back, you drop it anytime you want. But if you do do an appointment, particularly an early appointment like at 7 or 1 at noon, then we can do it while you wait on it. Okay. That, yeah, that would probably be what I would do at lunchtime. Mm -hmm. And now let me ask you this. What would that cost? I'm going to have to see what transmission's in there. Uh, David, anywhere between 100 and $200, depending on what fluid it takes, what filter it's got, what kind of gasket, or if it's got a gasket. There's, there's a million variables. I just don't know what transmissions are in all the different cars, but somewhere in that price range. And, yeah, again, most bad. of them around 100 and a half somewhere. Yeah, that's not bad. Beat mm -hmm. the heck out of a $30,000 automobile. Well, that's right, or even a $3,000 transmission. <laughs> yeah, I heard that because I've done that before, too. Yeah. Listen, I appreciate you all, right, all and I do enjoy getting to listen to you all. Well, thanks, sir. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Yes, sir. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, got to take one more little break, and we'll be right back with more on the Automotive Hour. Hi, I'm Ryan Sebring, and welcome to Agco's Automotive Idol, where singing cars compete for your votes. Our next contestant, Ms. Crown Victoria. So I got some junk in my trunk, but why you want to treat me so bad? Took me to a repair shop, the worst I ever had. My new owner brought me to Echo, they do me right. No shimmy or shake, I run straight through the night. Got off running alignment and my ride is so smooth. The guys at Echo, they gave me back my groove. Got off running alignment and my ride is so smooth. The guys at Echo, they gave me it up, folks, for Miss Crown Victoria. And visit agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-Auto.com. Hear entire songs performed by all our contestants. Then vote on your favorite. And remember, for vehicles fixed right the first time for the overall lowest cost, Agco is the place to go. Hey, welcome back. I'm 
join us at the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alvazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go give us a call? Of course, that's area code 225. You happen to be outside of our calling area. We would sure love to hear from you. Go ahead and give us a call. And we're going out of line with John. Good morning, John. Good morning, Louis. How yes, are you? Doing great, sir. Enjoy your program. Thank you. Lewis, I'm trying to figure out how big of a load I can pull behind my 2007 Toyota Tacoma. Yes, sir. It's a V6 automatic, and mm-hmm. I got the towing package. I've got a Kubota tractor that weighs about 3,500 pounds, mm-hmm. and a bush hog behind it about a thousand. Wow! Yeah, you're getting pretty That's close there, John. Plus the trailer. Yeah. Yeah, you got to be would close. I would take the rated capacity of the vehicle, whatever it is. Let's say they rated it. 5,000 pounds, 7,000 pounds, whatever they rated at. Okay. And I would never, ever exceed about 80% of that because every one I've ever seen is overrated about 20%. So if you, you want to be uh, safe for, my question. from a standpoint of the car breaking, saving money, overall lowest cost, don't yep. exceed 80% of towing capacity because those capacities, they know that towing capacity sells vehicles, so they just rate them up, and, man, they are pushing that to the blue sky perfect situation, and even then right. you're doing damage when you're at their capacity, much less exceeding it. If I was to go out, Lewis, and buy me a used truck, especially the coolest uh, trailer with the tractor yes, and bush mm-hmm. mm-hmm. what would you suggest, a V8? Well, the engine is not ever the problem, John. Almost any engine will pull almost any amount of weight. When you look at a lot of 18-wheelers on the road, have six-cylinder motors in them. Okay. It's the way it's geared and how heavy the gearing, how heavy the rear end, the differential, the brakes, and all that is, is the issue. Almost any engine will pull almost any load. So I wouldn't be concerned about the engine size, but I would want to get a three-quarter ton truck. Now, when you go to a three-quarter ton, I know it's only rated a quarter ton more, but it's a much heavier vehicle. And what you want is a true three-quarter ton because you got to watch. There's a few vehicles out there, they call a light three-quarter or a heavy half and all that. It's no more than a half-ton truck with a bigger radiator and bigger brakes on it. But what you want, if you look at that rear differential, you know what a floating axle looks like? It's got that big hub that pokes out with the bolts around it, holds the axle in? Yes, sir. If it's got that, then you got a real three-quarter ton. Okay. And generally, you can have eight lug wheels on it. If you get almost any, be it a Chevrolet, a Ford, a Chrysler, or even a Toyota Tundra, the newer Toyota Tundras are absolutely massive. Oh, yeah, that's a beast. Yeah, that thing will pull anything you want to pull. I think they're rated at 12,000 pounds, and they're built wow. heavier. Than, I'm not, they only rate them at a half ton, but they're built heavier than the F-250. I mean, they are just really a moose underneath. I don't think you could break one if you wanted to. Yeah, I see some of the parts they have on display at the Toyota. Oh, yeah. It, it really looks like it's a oh, well-made it's, truck. You know, that That's was impressive. probably the absolute perfect vehicle that they could have come up with for what they built it for, introduced at the absolute worst possible time. <laughs> it came out just when gas went to 4 bucks a gallon. <laughs> yeah. One so, more thing I wanted to tell you before I, I let you go. Yes. I spoke to you about two years ago. I got a 03 Mercury Grand Marquis. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And I was telling you I had 100000 mm-hmm. and they told me I didn't need brakes yet. Okay. Well, I wanted to tell you I got 125000 now, and they tell me it still don't need brakes. So yeah. I thought you might find that interesting. Oh, yeah. Well, either you're an easy driver or you're doing a lot of highway driving. Yeah, a little of both. Yeah, a little yeah. of both, yeah. Got folks all the time come in that get outstanding mileage on a vehicle, and you get another guy come in, man, 30000 he's metal to metal. <laughs> Just a lot depends on the way you drive. Listen, thank you so much, and again, I really enjoy your show. Okay, John, thank you for calling. Goodbye. Bye-bye. All right, you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, and we've got Joey online. Good morning, Joey. 
How's it going? Doing great, sir. I got a uh, 71 Chevrolet pickup. It's got a 350 in it. Uh-huh. It's just stock motor, four uh-huh. barrel. Yes, sir. I got electronic condition. What should be, uh, what's the timing on should be set at? Around eight degrees That's before what top dead center, as best my memory serves me, Joey. It should say under the hood, there'll be a sticker well, under it, there. It's not all original. I mean, all the okay, hood decals, not. mission yeah. decals are gone. Yeah, eight degrees before top dead center is going to put you real close. I mean, it might be nine, it might be seven, but that's going to be close enough for all practical purposes. I mean, that's where we always set them at. Yeah, I got one more question. Sure. I got 09 Dodge with a Hemi in it. Mm-hmm. It says 30,000 miles. got to change the plug. That is that. correct. Right. Yes, okay. it's, it's got a copper plug in there. The reason Dodge elected to use a copper plug in that engine is, number one, it's got aluminum heads on it. Yeah. Number two, it's got two plugs in every cylinder. Uh-huh. And if you leave those plugs in, let's say you put iridium plugs or platinum plugs, left them there for 100,000 miles. When you take them out, you're going to take the threads out of those heads. So you definitely want to change that at 30,000 miles. Don't go beyond it because you'll start burning okay. up coal packs and stuff on it. And you want to be very careful how you do it. That engine's got to be completely cold when you do it. Yeah. And you want to use a torque wrench on them. You don't want to get crazy with it because you can pull the threads out of the head pretty easy. That'd be a bad thing, right? That's a bad thing. Well, it depends. It depends on what you on. <laughs> Yeah, we love when it happens, but uh, you got to like it. <laughs> All righty, sir. Well, okay. I appreciate it. All right, Joey. All right. Thank you, man. Bye-bye. Hi, you want to be part of the automotive iron? And we have got Ronnie online. Good morning, Ronnie. Hey, how you doing, sir? Doing great, man. I have two questions. I called in two weeks ago about a 96 Trans Am. Okay. And I told you it had 70,000 miles on it. And uh, I was telling you that, you know, when I crank it up, it would crank right on up. But if I let it run for a while, then let it sit for about 10, 15 minutes. Yes, sir. Like, yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll take about two or three seconds. Yes, sir. Right. Crank up. Mm-hmm. So uh, you said I probably need a fuel pressure regulator. Fuel pressure regulator. Mm-hmm. So I, I got one of those. Okay. I much that didn't fix, and I got fuel pump, fuel filter, anything dealing with the fuel mm-hmm. system. <laughs> I changed it out, okay. but it's, it's still doing the same thing. It still take like three seconds to crank up once I let it sit for a while. Yeah, it's, it's just a whole bevy of different things that can be, Ronnie. I tell you, it's going to be a lot cheaper for you probably to bring that to somebody and let them tell you what it is, even if you want to do the work yourself. Because uh-huh. lots of things can cause that. It could be like the crank sensor could also be getting hot. And opening that could do that. The calls could be getting hot and opening and doing something like that. I've even seen extreme cases where it's got like a head gasket or something that's leaking just a little bit, leaks a little antifreeze down the motor and make it hard to start. So you really, rather than keep throwing parts at it, I'd probably take that to somebody competent, have them check it for you and tell you what it is. Probably going to spend 80, 80 to 100 bucks to have somebody tell you. But that's and gonna, that's you already spent more than that. That's going to be the best 80, 100 bucks you spent. Right, right. Then you know what you're fixing and go in. Maybe something simple. It could be something like even a wire or something that gets hot and opens the circuit. You know, just so many possibilities. Injectors that are leaking down and flooding the engine. I mean, on and on and on we could go. Your most uh-huh. common thing and the cheapest thing is a fuel pressure regulator. But, again, if that doesn't fix it, you need to stop right there and get it checked. Is it possible for me to bring it to you all? Yes, sir. Sure. We, we do all that kind of work. Can you tell me where you located it? Yeah, just call Elaine Monday morning, 291-6900, and she'll explain everything to you. Okay, now the question is I have an O2 Sierra. Okay. And it started probably about a month ago. Mm-hmm. My ABS light and my brake light, they simultaneously come on. Okay. Uh-huh. On. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that is. Well, there's two things that are common on that vehicle. One is a wheel speed sensor. That's pretty common failure item on it. It will set a code for that. We can retrieve that code and tell you that really fast. 
The okay. other one is what they call the electronic brake control modules go out on them, and that's a little bit harder to check, but that's it will also set a code for that. Now, if you go price that brake control module at Chevrolet dealer, he will knock you down. I mean, we're talking 1100 bucks for the part. Wow. But we've rebuilt them in-house, so if it does end up being that, for about 250 300 bucks, we we can rebuild yours. Okay, look, like I need to bring both my vehicles there. Then. Sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I really appreciate All it. All right, Ronnie, thank you, man. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, we got to take one more quick little break. Cody, hang on. You'll be straight up after the break. Hi, I'm Ryan Sebring, and welcome to Agco's Automotive Idol, where singing cars compete for your votes. Our next contestant, Old Delta 88. My old owner loved me, and he treated me fine. Used to tag me to Agco all of the time. Now my new owner cuts corners, is looking for a deal. It's enough to make my poor tie, my poor tie squeal. I got the new owner blues, he don't want to treat me nice. I got the cheap owner blues, down the road he'll pay the price. Yes, he will. Oh, sing it, old Delta 88, and visit agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-Auto.com to hear entire songs performed by all our contestants. Then vote on your favorite. And remember, for vehicles fixed right the first time, for the overall lowest cost, Agco is the place to go. Hey, welcome back to the Automotive Hour. Final segment. Lewis okay. out there from Agco Automotive. Got Mr. Brian Terry, our lead tech from Agco. Between two of us, try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go give us calls? And we got Cody's men patiently holding. Good morning, Cody. Good morning. Yes, Good sir. morning. I got a quick question. Sure. Uh, I have a 04 GMC Yukon. Okay. What calls typically when a fuel pump goes out that the vehicle will run and then it's like, you know, it, it starts fitting and sputtering. You can stop, let it sit a minute, and you can go again. That's generally not a fuel pump issue, Cody, or at least not a typical fuel pump issue. If that's the case, that almost sounds like you got some contamination in the fuel and it's plugging the screen up. You might want to check okay, and see if you well, got maybe some water in the tank. Well, the reason why I asked, mm-hmm. I put over $50 worth of fuel in it. Yes, sir. And about a day or so later, this started happening. Yeah. I took it to a reputable shop uh-huh. that plugged it into their machine, uh-huh. and they told me that it was the fuel pump. Well, you uh, see, that's a line right there because there is no machine on earth you can plug in that says it's a fuel pump. That's absolutely not possible. What you need to do is take a sample yeah. off that tank and let it sit so it'll separate. And see what's in that fuel. Right. Because it sounds like, like Lewis said, it's, it's got water contamination. Water contamination in the in tank. It. And you see, if you had water in that fuel, when you dumped it in there, you stirred it all up. So it would run okay. But then after a day, after it all settles out, at the bottom, it's going to clog that screen up. But, yeah, okay. anybody tells you they put on a machine and it said it's the fuel pump, no, that can't possibly happen. There's no machine that's going to tell you it's a fuel pump. You can do a fuel pressure test and say the fuel pressure's low, but, again, it doesn't tell you it's fuel pump. It just says fuel pressure's low because if that right. screen's plugged up with water, the fuel pressure's going to be low. Right. So sounds uh, like you're in the wrong shop. You need to find somebody else, check that a little closer. That's 
pretty easy. On 04, you're not going to have a filter in line. The filter, I think, is going to be, well, it depends on it it depends built. on what year. Yeah, I mean, not uh, what year, it when it was built. In line fuel Yeah, it was built mid year. Mid year back had a line filter. Mid year up does not. Right. It's got an inline filter. Pull the filter, empty it out, let the contents settle, and see if there's any water or sludge in it. Empty it out fuel. backwards. Yeah, empty it out backwards. Empty the inlet side into a glass jar or something. Right. You got let to let it, it sit several hours for it to separate. Right. But that's not a typical fuel pump kind no. of problem. Fuel pumps Is generally it either. necessary? Uh, to drop the drive shaft when changing it? To take the gas tank out? Right. It depends on which tank is in it. Some of them have a long tank, yeah. and it's easier to take the drive shaft out of the way to get it out. Right, right. Got the extra capacity tank. The small tank, you right, don't. Right, the small tank, it Drive shaft's no easy. big deal. That's, that's like a 10-minute deal, yeah, to pull a drive shaft. Or six bolts. Yeah. Okay, well, I was just trying to check and see because I, you know, had changed the pump out. Mm-hmm. And the problem went away for a little while. But I didn't know if it was the shop just trying you well, know, to make see, the money. They may have dropped the tank out and changed the pump and also cleaned out the fuel tank, saying, and so that fixed the problem. But and I'm not saying the pump wasn't bad because if that much right. sludge and water went through that pump, it was probably bad anyway. You already paid the labor to drop the tank. It might have been wise to go ahead and change the pump regardless. I would look right. at it from that perspective. How many miles do you have on it, Cody? 130,000. See, if I got 130,000, yeah. I got to drop the tank. I'm going to suggest changing the pump anyway. It's on its right. last leg. Yeah, you're going to get 150 at most, and you got to pull the tank back out to change it. So I had to drop the tank to clean the sludge out. Yeah, I would go ahead and change the pump. You know, it's already had sludge go through it. I don't, I don't think that's a bad recommendation. Well, first thing you need is do, you need to do a fuel pressure check on it. Yeah. If the fuel pressure is good, yeah. then you can start looking – Maybe it's clogging yeah, up, or it's maybe pretty, it's not. Or, pretty simple diagnosis, but right. it sounds like, I mean, if it, fi- it fixed the problem for you? Yes, sir. Yeah, well, you're good then. Yeah, I, I don't think it did anything wrong. I mean, like I said, with that many miles, that pump was pretty much on its last legs regardless, and it's had sludge go through it. So, But, yeah, I think, probably the, I think probably the original problem was the fuel you got was probably bad. Okay, dope. All right. Y'all have a good day. All, All right, right, Cody. Sir. Thank you, okay, man. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. There we go. <laughs> One of these, I ain't been doing this for 21 years. I know. And, and I'm still, still pushing, pushing the wrong, wrong button. button. I know it. I know it. What am I going to do? <laughs> can't teach you anything. That's right. Can't, can't, can't do a thing with him. <laughs> hey, I tell you, we're going to squander another perfectly good hour. We've got to get out of here in just a minute. But before we do, I want to tell everybody how much I appreciate them listening to the Automotive Hour. And this morning and every Saturday morning. I'd also right. like to thank our podcasters for listening this week and every week. Why don't you go ahead and give us a call? We'd like to hear from you, where That's you're right. calling from, and how far our show's actually getting out. I go on uh, iTunes, and last week when we uploaded the show, we had 1,400 people that downloaded it. So right, fair amount of folks are listening. So we do appreciate hearing from you and, send and me, keep on sending me the emails. On iTunes, you can actually rate the show. You can. And it'll get us higher on the ranks. That's right. We really appreciate a good rating. If you feel like we're entitled to it, just go ahead and pop that in there. There you go. Hey, preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend. Welcome to Agco's Automotive Idol, where singing cars compete for your votes. 
Give it up for MC Powertrain. Oh, this one goes out to the drivers who forget about preventative maintenance. You know, you got to take a car in regularly or have problems down the road. You'll see, when it comes to maintenance, got to take a stand. Prevention is the word at hand. So keep your car in tune, show the road who's boss. Because that goes down with the overall lowest cost. I said A to the G to the C and O. Echo is the place to go. A to the G to the C and O. Echo is the place to go. Keep it real, MC Powertrain, and visit agcoauto.com. That's A G C O Auto.com to hear entire songs performed by all our contestants. Then vote on your favorite. And remember, for vehicle fixed right the first time for the overall lowest cost, Agco is the place to go.